on digital radio across the UK, online and in your ears right now. Welcome to Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack. Hello you, thank you very much for clicking on the play button of this podcast. You are very welcome, very, very, very welcome. Hello and welcome to Union Jack Radio. This is Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory. I am he and you are ye. And what is Union Jack Radio? Well, it's, it's a ridiculous radio station that celebrates six decades of British music and comedy. If you haven't listened already, what have you been doing with your life? And in this series, Britain's best comedians take me on a trip down memory lane with the help of Google Maps. We've had Nottingham, we've had Luton, and this week we have St Albans. St Albans, formerly the site of the Roman city of Verulamion, where, in the 3rd or 4th century, the first British saint, Alban, was executed. Now, legend has it that after he was beheaded, his head rolled downhill and a well sprung up where it stopped, which perhaps explains why St Albans' mineral water never really caught on. I think it's fair to say that St Albans isn't really a hotbed of culture, although... Paul Catamol from S Club 7 was born there. And as well as that classic, the exterior of the prison they used in the classic sitcom Porridge was actually the prison in St Albans. Norman Stanley Fletcher, you have pleaded guilty to the charges brought by this court and it is now my duty to pass sentence. St Albans is, though, the hometown from the age of seven of my guest today, Nick Helm, multi-award winning comedian who you'll know from loads of telly stuff, including his starring role in the BBC sitcom Uncle, 8 Out of 10 Cats and Live at the Apollo. I went to KFC the other day. I didn't even know Kentucky had a football club. (laughs) I used to have a job collecting leaves. I was raking it in. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and with the help of an iPad and Google Maps, I'm about to take Nick Helm time-travelling to the streets where he grew up in Union Jack's hometown glory. Nick Helm, hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing well, so uh, I hope you're going to enjoy this experience. Uh, My limited research has told me that you were born in St Bart's Hospital in London. Yes, St Bartholomew's. Um, But are you a Londoner or aren't you a Londoner? I can't can't work this out because you were brought up in St Albans. I was born and raised in London until I was seven or eight. Okay. And then I went to St Albans against my will. (laughs) And then... uh, You weren't sent away to a borstal or anything? No. So where did we grow up? We grew up on Wilberforce Road. We need an address. What number Wilberforce Road? Really? Yeah, yeah. Because people might... Because I'm surprised I haven't got a blue plaque, to be fair. <laughs> um, so uh, what, which area of London is Wilberforce Road? Wilberforce Road is Finchby Park, okay, so, so that's it's, it's... just north of King's Cross, really. Mm-hmm. It was 106 it's... Wilberforce Road. Okay, it was... 
Uh, These are quite sort of nice um, North London. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, I'm so furious about your parents parents that they didn't stay there. They bought it for like 50p originally, (laughs) and now it's worth like millions. And they sold it for like, you know, a nice sort of um, detached house. Right. But you could have been a trust fund kid if they hadn't sold that house. If they'd have kept this house. Yeah. We're just uh, flicking around the screen at the moment. Which way down the road do we need to be going? With? I don't know what end of the road you're on. I think that if you turn round, turn yep, round, turn yep, round, turn yep, round. Yep. Right, I think it's there, where your, where your pointer is right there. Yeah. Uh, so that's the one on the corner, yes. and it's one next to the one on the corner. I was there before they put the barriers up. Nothing to do with you? So there were barriers on the roads that they put up because of the fire brigade. To stop the fire brigade. No, I mean now I'm saying it out loud. It sounds crazy. It sounds unlikely that they're they're in some way hampering the fire brigade with barriers. But that's 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 what that's I heard. What? But I also heard that it took a dent on uh, 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 prostitution in the area. Okay. It was quite a seedy area when I was growing up. And when I moved, it all cleared up. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you have any any awareness of the seediness of the area? Just to give you a bit of context, there's, there's a brick wall next to the one on the corner. Yes. And there was either a baker or a butcher called Mr. Biggs. Mm-hmm. And he went round the corner too fast and his uh, van overturned and crushed the wall. And there was an old lady that lived in the house next to us. Uh, and I just remember it being a big drama that uh, that she had to put her wall back together again. And the ladies of the night, were they on the corner? Did Mr. Biggs... <laughs> Mr. Biggs was a day, a day walker, right. is what we call it. And uh, and, uh, I don't think any prostitutes were injured in that particular accident. So who's in the house? Who's the family? Uh, It'd be me, uh, my uh, mum and my dad, and my big sister, Sarah. Did did you get the impression that she thought of you as a nuisance or were you the beloved baby I think I kind of disrupted her happy life. Right. I think she was, I think it was mum and dad and my sister and they were very happy together. And then I was an accident. (laughs) I was the solution to a central heating problem they had in January. And (laughs) and in in October I was born and uh, (laughs) I've never been truly forgiven for existing. um, What did you mum? my dad do for a living? My dad was a civil servant uh, and my mum worked at Hendon College. She was a maths lecturer, tutor. And was it exciting to ever go to your parents' work? I used to love going to to both my mum and dad's jobs. Uh, Yeah, occasionally I'd be brought along on a college trip, I think, with my mum where they'd go to the uh, Commonwealth Institute or something like that and you'd dress up in all the clothes and stuff. And uh, and occasionally I'd get a day off school and I'd go with my mum on all these things because it was more educational. Yeah, And those were the days that were always the best days where you get to hang out with your mum and see her in sort of like a business mode yeah you know, different context in another yeah. context yeah. where people like looked up to her and respected her and you'd come away and go that's my mum so yeah. which which room here was your room so uh, it was the top right one and what what was in it if we're if we're in if you close your eyes and you look around that room what's on the walls I think what have I you got had, in there I think I had sort of like that sort of like wood chip wallpaper that was either light blue or light pink. I think it was probably blue. I got into pink a lot later on. <laughs> a bit later on. I had a poster of an astronaut on the wall. Was it was it a specific astronaut or just a generic astronaut? It was it was kind of like, I think we must have gone to some sort of uh, my parents were really cultured and so we kind of lived up we you know we grew up with gay opera singing at neighbors and we go to the Commonwealth Institute and the Na- uh, Natural History Museum Yeah, the metropolitan kind of, elite. Uh, and it was kind of like it's like a really multicultural area. Mm. There was like a handful of white kids and it was just kind of like and that's that's the area that I brought up and um and my dad was 
never into football. He was into sort of like the arts and he was into, I mean, I, I remember that we used to watch opera. And Was there yeah. any stuff you weren't allowed to watch because it was too lowbrow? No. But my dad used to read to me in bed and then he'd fall asleep and I'd crawl over him and I'd go downstairs and I'd watch Jasper Carrot with my mum downstairs. <laughs> and so my introduction to comedy, like all the cultural stuff, I suppose, was from maybe my dad's side a bit. But then my mum would be the one that was watching French and Saunders, Victoria Woods. And right. I remember that the young ones was around and I found that so horrifying. You must have been quite young when the young ones... I think like... the, I, don't, I just don't think it's for two-year-olds, is it? <laughs> it's the young ones. So no, I think... But when I was growing up, like, you were either a Tiswas kid, which was the wild Saturday morning ITV show, or you were Swap Shop. And Tiswas was just a bit too wild for me as a oh, kid. Oh, really? Even though I think as an adult, that's the one maybe I would have expected myself to have been I, into. I was just the right age when yeah. Bottom came out. Right. And that was just like, that was perfect for me. Yeah. Where, you know, they'd cut their fingers off and to beat each other up with fridges and stuff. And I was just exactly the right age for that. What music was that when you talk about your dad playing guitar or the music he was listening to at home? What, what would that have been? He played a lot of folk music. My dad's got a way of singing that turns um, every song that he touches into an Irish sea shanty. Right. <laughs> so my sister got married recently and he learnt some songs to play for her and he was singing Brian Adams as if... It was like an Irish sea shanty, and you're like, going, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. My dad. So, um, what, so what music was around the house? Then did they have records and CDs? And I remember it was my dad's birthday, and my mum bought him uh, Brothers in Arms, the Dice on, on cassette tape. Uh, my mum really liked Pet Shop Boys, Erasure. So I'd sometimes get left in the car while my mum was picking my sister up from school and I would listen to Erasure, Pet Shop Boys, Whitney Houston, Annie Lennox, uh, Eurythmics, you know, I'd sort of like to, that was all the stuff that I used to listen to when I was growing up. You've discovered Jeff Lloyd's hometown glory on Union Jack. If we go to your primary school, which which primary school? So is it? I went to a place called uh, Parkwood Primary School, and uh, do do we think it's still still there? It still? is still there because uh, I've I've walked past it all recently, and um, uh, I think it's on Princess Drive. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, there yeah. it is. So it, it, from this exact angle, I was once crossing the road, and I almost got hit by a bike, uh, and the woman stopped and said, "You stupid little boy," and I was just like, "No, you're quite right." <laughs> I was a maniac. What? <laughs> just trying to work out what the angle is. Can you sort of move it around a bit? Because... We go down there. Oh, yeah, right. That's not where I almost got run over. That, so there's a white wall right there. There's a yep. white wall. There's a brick wall there. Next to the brick wall was a sort of like, um, on the other side, hidden by a tree, was a sort of like a wire fence that had a hole that you could stick your head through, but you couldn't, because of your ears, you couldn't get it back out again. It's the th- that's the thing. It wasn't a Christian school. It was just multicultural. So you know, we'd celebrate Christmas, but we'd celebrate uh, celebrate Diwali. You know, and uh, I wish we could all do that and get bank holidays as well. For, get for all the holidays. We had all the yeah. holidays. Yeah. We worked. We went to school four days a year. It was brilliant. <laughs> One of the reasons why my parents uh, moved us out. Because it was quite a rough area. So what happened was uh, there were a lot of uh, heroin users around the area. And what they used to do is use their syringes and thread them through the fence of the school. And in the morning, we used to come into school and pick up these syringes and have sword fights with them, right? Wow! And we used to have assemblies saying, if you see any syringes on the floor... Uh, don't pick them up and play with them, right? 
and that's that was through that fence there. And so I think, you're coming home from school and telling your parents, "Oh, we had a <laughs> an assembly about using needles this morning." And yeah, thinking, maybe we need to get out of London. Well, I think that that's the very kindest way I can paint my parents in that light. But in actual fact, I think that it took slightly longer to commute from one side of London to the other. Can I just wrap up this fence? Yeah, yeah. On on Halloween one year, and it might have been Halloween 1986. So it's the exact date because it was my sister's birthday. Was on Halloween. I was stood by this fence and I got pushed and the back of my head got split open on the fence. This kid went running in and found my sister and said, oh, Sarah, Sarah, your, your brother's head has been split open. And she was just like, what? It's like the worst birthday present ever because it meant the next three hours she spent in casualty. With Another me. reason to resent you. Another reason to... I ruined her, I ruined her ninth birthday. <laughs> I think they thought St Albans was kind of like a safe environment to grow, to bring some kids up. I'd already developed into like quite a conscientious seven or eight-year-old. Like a social justice warrior? Yeah. Really were, there, were there any causes you'd adopted by age seven? No, but we used to go on um, marches for Ilia, you know, making sure that teachers got fair pay. Right. Should we, should we go to St Albans? What, what, whereabouts? I don't is... want to. <laughs> um... <laughs> well, this is interesting because is that how you felt? So when your parents... T- can you remember a day when your parents said, we're moving to St Albans? Yeah, I had some really good friends. I had Andrew, Andrew McGregor and Andy Dolan. and uh, These were your London friends? These were my London friends. We were in like a gang. Mm-hmm. And, Did the um, gang have a name? The Cool Gang. No, no the, <laughs> the gang didn't have a name. We were, we were uh, the Gang of Legends. Um, <laughs> when, you were doing, when you were doing your hanging out and your playing, like what you print, pretended to be, we pretended the, to be TV shows? Oh, well, or? Used, I loved Night Rider. I was just at the age of Night Rider, the A-Team. Uh, what else was out? Battlestar Galactica, the first series. Yeah. And, uh, so we went from that. And I remember on the Friday, I was part of a gang. <laughs> part of a gang. And then we moved on the Friday. We moved into a place. Uh, we moved into a place on Nelson Avenue. So, so what's interesting? We got Nelson Avenue up on the screen, and what's interesting to me is you move from, I guess, like a, a biggish turn of the century house in London. And when you were describing moving out to St Albans to me, I'm thinking, oh, so he's he's out there in a pile. He's out in rural or semi-rural life, and it it doesn't doesn't look that like that to me it seems like a mid-century nice-ish housing estate we 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 lived down the other end of the street right I, there's absolutely nothing wrong it was just very suburban and yeah we did, and there was nothing about my childhood that was suburban up to that point i just remember on the friday i was part of a gang i was part of a thing and on the monday i went into school and all of a sudden i was the fat kid and then it was oh, just like no. and it was just like in in cunningham hill i went to cunningham hill it was just weird it was just a very different environment from what i was expecting it was so who, who was the first friend you made there ben mccarthy but he didn't go to my school yep and so we'd hang out after school and at the, at the weekends and he had sort of like an Atari or something like that. So you had a Mega Drive, he had an Atari. So he had, he had something where you used to get free demos for computer games on the front of magazines and we'd go over and play stuff. Mm. And uh, and this was the, the computer games that you'd have to wait 40 minutes before they started working. Yeah, you'd have to load up James Pond and Blues Brothers and the, those sorts of games. Were there any um, arcades in St Albans that you'd go to? No. There was a cinema that was walking distance down the road, the Odeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you remember the first film you went to try and see a certificate that you were too young to see? It was Look Who's Talking Too, and I was, it was a 12 and I was 11. And I spent the whole time in the queue going, uh, 110.79, 110.79, 110.79, 110.79. And I got to the front and I was a bouncer. They used to have bouncers. Yeah. And, we, and we got to the front. Oh, he was a ticket guy, a really big ticket guy. Yeah. And I'm holding like a drink or a popcorn that says yeah. Odeon on it. And he sort of nods at me. He goes, Odeon, mate. And I'm like... 
Odeon, mate. And I was sort of like, I go, uh, yeah. And he goes, how old are you, mate? <laughs> right? And I go, oh, uh, I'm 12. <laughs> and he goes, what's your date of birth? I'm like, one, uh, uh, 10, um, uh, 79. He goes, yeah, you can go in. And you go, oh, I almost wish that he hadn't let me in because yeah. the, the, the prize for getting past that was look who's talking to. You're listening to Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack. Did you have a local video shop you'd go to? Yes, I did. What I was that? Did. It was Mick's video shop and it was at a play, it was Whitecroft video shop and there's a guy called Mick that ran it. There was a fish and chip shop next door. So what you do is, uh, which was also a Chinese takeaway, but then on Friday nights, what you do is you order your Chinese takeaway and you go into the video shop and you'd look around and you'd pick a thing. What you used to do is you re- used to, on the Friday night, rent out Three Amigos. And then on Friday night, you'd watch Three Amigos. And on Saturday morning, you'd get up really early and you'd watch Three Amigos again. And then your friends would come over in the afternoon and you watch Three Amigos again. And then you'd take it back to the video shop and then you get, like, space balls out, right? Yeah. And, uh, and it was just at a time when I was I really loved Steve Martin. And it was kind of like, films were really important back then. Yeah. And actually, my favourite film... I ruined for myself because I watched it too many What times. was it? Uh, Army of Darkness. We were all going to go and see Beauty and the Beast on Ice at Wembley, right? right. And there was Army of Darkness was on the shelf. And I didn't know what it was, but I, rent, you know, we, I rented it. My sister probably rented something else out. We sat down and we watched it. I just know that by the end of watching Army of Darkness, I was less enthusiastic about going to see Beauty and the Beast on Ice. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I started was... off a boy. I started the day off as a boy and by the end of Army of Darkness I was a man. And uh, we all went to see Beauty and the Beast on Ice. It was great. The skating was absolutely top notch. But um, it wasn't <laughs> chainsaw battles with, uh, with with witches in pits. It was, yeah. What about um, record shops? Because like, like, you use music cues in your your act and whatever. So I, I, And, and you've, you've done songs. So when did you first get into music so i mean my sister was always into music uh, well i remember my first single was do the bartman my first 12 inch record was so like 1991 and that was my first real experience of the simpsons yes because it was on sky and we didn't have sky very few people did back then and so we didn't watch simpsons so but it was do the bartman put me off having any interest in the simpsons for years oh, really, really? i just thought of it as a oh it's some novelty. novelty record and then when i saw it it's like i can't believe i've deprived of my, oh, myself see, i loved it i was a massive michael jackson fan so do the bartman was written by michael jackson so somehow subliminally yeah it sort of sounds like a michael jackson yeah, song yeah like all the backing singers and everything uh, but in terms of records yeah yeah, there was that. And then in 1993 or four, I was getting uh, going to the orthodontist. And then one day we went past a record shop and they had an album that came with a free comic book, which was Last Temptation by Alice Cooper. Uh, my mum bought me the album and the comic book to get over, you know, crying about how painful my teeth were. And then I've just been a diehard Alice Cooper fan ever since. So that trip to the orthodontist, you... It was, it, we used to have to walk past a record shop to get to the orthodontist. And how cool was it to like Alice Cooper? How many Not other remotely. people like... If anything... It made me. It made me more of a freak. Um, so, were you at secondary school by this point? Um, yeah, I think I was. I would have been at secondary. So, school. what was your secondary school? Uh, that was Sandringham School. Okay, you see, the, the, I think Sounds of the military academy yeah. when you say that. But. It's not. I had a friend called Stephen Andrews, uh, who I I I still know. He had the same name as the headmaster, okay. so Mr. it was spelt Andrews. different. Right. His was S T E V Y N. Oh, that's that's novel. Is that yeah. Welsh or something? Uh, 
I don't know. We don't ask those questions when we're 11. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting... <laughs> hmm. who was... Welsh origins, I who believe, was... Steve. <laughs> Steve in. What I realised, I was talking to my friend John Harrison. So me and John knew each other from year 11. We hated each other until we both went to V98 together. Right. We were only two 17-year-old boys that uh, would be drinking cider from 11am <laughs> at the V Festival. Who was headlining? Oh, God. So I think the stereophonics were on in the middle of the day. And Robbie Williams was on. I think menswear were on. Right. But, and they, you know, they only went on to bigger and better things. Um, <laughs> and uh, by the end of it, we've been friends forever. I was best man at his wedding I mean, a couple of years ago. This sounds like a Rites of Passage film. This is it's a script waiting to be written. It, was, it took me... It, basically, I was hanging around with the wrong people. And then it was like, in year 11, I think I started doing art and drama. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh... These are my people. And, right. then, and then it's just like, and they're all the goths and all the cool people that used to wear trench coats and kind of like hang out in art block yeah. and have like uh, pastel colours all over their fingers and you know, oil paints spattered all over them. Yeah. And you'd be like, going, oh, oh, right. I'm like, I'm like, if I was in the breakfast club, I'd be part of Ali Sheedy's group, yeah. you know. Welcome to Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack. What about crushes? Oh, loads. Yeah? Well, loads. Who was the first person to break your tiny heart into a thousand pieces and trample them into the ground? It was a tour rep called Lou. Uh, who was, uh, she was like, I mean, I must have been 10. Right. And she was uh, 20. Yeah. And uh, she was, and I had such a crush on her. Did you tell her then? No, but I was sort of, I, I resented being part of the kids club. <laughs> I mean, there was a girl I used to kiss at the, in, the, in, in the lunch break uh, when we were at nursery school. Right. So we were three or four. Very advanced. Very advanced. Yeah. But then when I was at I was, when I was at secondary school, I had crushes, but I still know all those people. It's like right. so I'm not going to go into any of that. I mean, I was me and my friend. Uh, I don't know if I'm dropping in it a minute. He's married now. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> me and my friend Mark Smith. Yeah, are and always have been a hundred percent purely in love with. Pamela Anderson. Right. And it's like a really innocent... Yeah. Did it break your heart when she took up with Julian Assange? Uh, no. No, because, you know, if I can survive Tommy Lee and Kid Rock, then I can survive <laughs> Julian Assange. It's like, you know, it, she just hasn't met me yet. Um, <laughs> and you provide, she'd provide you with source material. Mark Smith feels exactly the same way. <laughs> and if it ever came down to the fact that it was me or him, I mean, we would kill each other. It would be a fight to the death. <laughs> You've got to write something which uh, offers her a cameo. Because American stars do often do unlikely British comedy projects. Yeah, well, she came home and she did um, uh, Celebrity Juice didn't she and yeah. uh, so Mark, she, so Mark Hamill not... was in an episode of Man Down recently Mark so... Hamill did an episode of, Ro- of, of Man Down and Roisin was there yeah. and she didn't know who he was Roisin Connolly didn't know who Mark Hamill was and all the crew were queuing up to have photos taken she goes I don't know and I was so furious yeah. I said it's wasted on you it's absolutely <laughs> wasted on you you got to do a thing with Luke Skywalker and you didn't even know if Greg Davis can get Luke Skywalker you can get Pamela Anderson I don't this is not a work thing You've got to understand. Yes. This is not a work thing. You don't want to taint it this with is, it. This is, this, is about, this is about genuine 
pure, true love between me and Pamela. Uh, yeah. But there was also the thing with when I was growing up and like film stars and uh, models and all of that stuff, I wasn't interested in. I, I loved films. Yeah. But it wasn't like I had pictures of Sharon Stone all over my wall. Right. You know? If if I could talk to your friends when you were 15, like, and I said... Oh, uh, good luck finding them. <laughs> 16, though. Like, yeah. Would, would they have said you were funny? No, I was really quiet. I, so I, do you think there's people you went to school with who were like, Nick Helm ended I, up being a comedian? I think, it's a, I think that anyone that knew me before sixth form, yeah. it's a little bit... I was such a quiet boy. So my school, I mean, the big thing about my... I'll tell you what the turning point was. At the end of year 11, my drama teacher took us to Edinburgh. For and, the Fringe? Yeah, uh, and I, I fell in love with Edinburgh, and that was like, oh, this is what I'll do. You get, but that's you, the beginning of my life, really. Yeah. You've discovered Jeff Lloyd's to hometown glory on somewhere Union Jack. from your childhood to the ground. Is it somewhere in St Albans that you'd be happy if it? What does "raise to the ground" mean? That means like destroy. demolished. Yeah, right. demolish anywhere. Um, to be fair, where I grew up, most of the places have been demolished. Just done the job for you. <laughs> yeah, you get to go and observe yourself for half an hour. You don't get to interact, but you get to observe yourself at any age. Like when would you just love to sort of see you pottering about? Primary school or sixth form. Right. And I would want to hit myself in the sixth form. I was so confident. And what about going inside a building or a room the way it was then and just being able to spend time? I wish that Mixed Video Shop was there. I, I, I miss video shops. There's something about Netflix that just doesn't do it where, where it's so disposable and you just flick through stuff. Whereas you'd have to, you'd spend an hour trying to find a video, you would, you'd pay money for it and you, this was our entertainment for the night. Yeah, more and invested it, in it as a And choice. even if you ended up with Weekend at Bernie's 2, you'd be like, no, this is what we've committed to. We've got to, and because of that, you would see some really weird films and I would, I would pick that video shop. I would always, Love to go back there. Nick Helm, thank you. Thank you. That was lovely. Only on Union Jack. You're listening to Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory. And that's it. Thanks so much to Nick for taking me round St Albans. And thanks to you for listening to all six episodes. Or maybe just this one. And if it is just this one, or, or worse still, if it's just like five minutes of this one, don't don't tweet me. I, d- I don't need to know. I want to feel as if you were hanging on our every word as I talk to my guests over these weeks. All the previous episodes are on iTunes, so download, rate, review, re-review, repeat, to fade, do whatever you like. I'll be off for a bit while Union Jack try and find the 10 quid they owe me, but we will be back, I'm assured. Series 2 will be bigger and better and have even more guests taking me around the hometowns. So far, we have the Diary Phil Jupiters and Andy Hamilton and lots more, by which I mean we've got those two in the diary and hopefully we'll get lots more. Thanks so much for downloading this podcast and make sure you keep an ear on Union Jack Radio, possibly even two. I've been Jeff Lloyd, you've been you, and I'll see you soon. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack. A trip down memory lane with Britain's best-loved comedians. Listener.